The word of the day is phi. And that's a good thing. Phi, evidently, I just found this out yesterday. It's a complimentary thing to say something is phi. The lady at the post office told me that. Welcome into the Y'all Show, which is quite phi, by the way. We are phi, phi, phi. F-I. It means real good. And that's what the Y'all Show is. We are phi for sure. And we are the show that's all about the Southeast, which is a fire place to be. I hope I'm getting my slang down here on the Y'all Show. I'm John Rawl. I think I'm rather fi, maybe not. But I tell you what I am going to do today. We're going to teach you new words, but we're going to teach you the same old favorites. And that is the South, great place, and all kind of good stuff coming up on today's Y'all Show. Moving things around a little bit with our programming today, as we told you. On Thursday show and on Friday show, we'll be in Nashville, Music City, USA for the Country Radio Seminar. And you'll want to make sure you hang on for those great shows coming your way within the next few hours, 24 hours or less. You'll be hearing the Thursday edition and we'll have some great interviews, hopefully some great music. And I promise you we'll have a fine time when we get to Music City. That's ahead later this week on today's Y'all Show in addition to headlines, later this hour we'll have hashtag hullabaloo, where we go on social media, or sometimes social media finds us, and we have a ball sharing what we find out there on Facebook, on Twitter, and all the other fun apparatuses that have social media. All that coming up on the hour one of today's Y'all Show. When we go to hour two, because we've got so much music coming our way Thursday and Friday, We've shuffled some stuff around. We're going to have a big sports blowout in today's hour two. We're going to have both our ACC, which we have on Wednesdays. We'll have our ACC and our SEC spotlight. Plus, we'll have a little bit more knowledge on last week's National Signing Day. Jonathan Leifite of the great website 247sports.com and CBS Sports Digital. He'll be dropping by and he'll. I'm going to get Jonathan to do something he really doesn't like to do. I'm actually going to get him to talk a little bit about the Southeastern Conference. Jonathan's our ACC guy, but he actually was out last week. He had a horrible illness, and so we didn't even have him on last week. It also happened to be National Signing Day, the day that he was not on. So I really haven't had a chance to talk to him about all the high school kids who pledged their love to a certain college out there, whether it may be in the ACC, the SEC, or any of the other programs. And I'm going to talk to Jonathan about national signing day in addition to getting his report on all things acc then toward the end of hour two we will put a big old blue and gold spotlight on the sec that's their official colors in case you didn't know and the birmingham based conference we're going to talk about what's going on basketball wise with rick barnes's tennessee vols we'll talk about the recruiting that happened last week from an sec standpoint and i want to try to dig up some coaches audio from a recent press conference from the SEC talking about how their team did on National Signing Day 2019. All of that on the Y'all Show in Hour 2, Sports Extravaganza, coming your way. If you want to reach us here on the Sports Extravaganza and the Y'all Extravaganza, which is quite fi, our number is 803-816-1170 on the World Wide Web. Our address is yall.com, y'all.com. Text number 803-816-1170. Good to have you aboard, and hopefully you will bear with us here as we have these changes 
but we're hoping these changes are something that everybody is in agreement with because hey we want to we want to talk a lot about music thursday and friday we won't talk as much music today this is the day we normally have precious stop by we're going to be with precious on thursday and friday so you'll hear that giggly voice lots come thursday and friday not today though all right let's get into the headlines and president trump he appears to be surrendering is that the word but it it looks like there will no be no government shutdown on Friday. It looks like the president will go along with this compromise that negotiators in Congress have come up with in an agreement to prevent the government shutdown and finance construction of new barriers along the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, the president was in El Paso on, what was it, Monday night? He was down there. And while he was en route, the lawmakers in Washington were kind of finalizing this uh, agreement this tentative agreement president not thrilled with it but i heard him say tuesday while he was not happy about it he was excited that this agreement was a step in the right direction although president trump had asked for a border wall funding of 5.7 billion dollars he's evidently according to this agreement settling for nearly 1.4 billion dollars in border wall funding not what he was looking for in fact less than he could have received at the end of 2018, this new agreement means 55 miles of new fencing constructed through existing designs, such as metal slats instead of a concrete wall, but far less than the 215 miles the White House demanded in December will be installed. And some of the conservative pundits out there are kind of jumping on the president's back, saying that he shouldn't give in to this thing. But I don't think anyone wants to see another government shut down. I don't care what Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram say. Laura Ingram went with President Trump to El Paso this week, if you saw that interview. And I'm, I'm a person who kind of generally gets along with everything the president stands for and says. But he's got to make a decision here. Does he want to have another shutdown? And I don't think it's I don't think it's going to behoove him or the country to have another shutdown. I really think if he can get this, he, he, he can claim some kind of victory. Not what people wanted, but the the opposite of this was not going along and then having another shutdown. And I believe things would go out of control even more than they did a month ago during the shutdown. I think personally that the president should turn his attention to 2020 as soon as possible and say, hey, I wouldn't have had to settle for such a low amount if we had had Republicans in control of the House of Representatives. Because the president and the Republican Party took a beating in November. It wasn't a blue wave, in my opinion, but congressionally speaking, in the House of Representatives, it was a thumping at least, and it was enough where Republicans had a hard fight. Even before Election Day, so many Republicans either retired or decided not to run again. People like Diane Black in tennessee she decided to run for governor and gave up her seat marcia blackburn also in that state she decided to run for senate she won that seat by the way i don't think either one of those congresswomen's seats flipped from republican to democrat in 2018 but there were cases where established republicans decided to go just go home get rid of the days in washington put them behind you and their seat flipped especially in those suburbs of major cities and that is part of the reason there was a blue ripple instead of wave back in November. So the president, in my 
political expert opinion needs to just start putting a focus on the House of Representatives. Hey, whether he gets elected or not, frankly, if you're a conservative, you want to make sure the House of Representatives goes back to Republican control in 2021, whenever the people actually get seated, because chances are the Senate will be still in Republican control. If the House were back in Republican control, the president's going to have a hard time holding on his seat, whether he knows it or not. And let's say he loses. If you're a conservative, you'd much rather have at least the House and the Senate be Republican controlled than what you had happen back in 2008, 2009, whenever, I guess the, I guess it was 2009, whenever the Democrats won the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they got Obamacare through. That's the conservatives' worst nightmare. I guess the liberals' worst nightmare, it just kind of came to an end <laughs> with the blue ripple because, of course, since 2017, it's been, it was a Congress that was Republican on both House and Senate. And then you had the presidency as a Republican in 2019. At least one of those three is now Democratic. Tomorrow marks the, sadly, the one year anniversary of the terrible shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. And we want to remember those victims who died on that tragic day, Valentine's Day massacre. Uh, just a terrible thing. And parents there at Parkland are now divided over guns. This is a story that's come out this week, and it seems that one of the women there, one of the mothers who had a child killed, is in favor of having guns be more accessible, and the other parent certainly not for that. We haven't heard a whole lot about the pro-gun standpoint, but yeah, this story comes out this week, and it's very tough i mean this is a tough story and we saw a lot of these school shootings in 2018 from both here in parkland or parkland florida as well as there in what is it santa fe texas the school shooting there that happened near the end of the school year frankly back in i think it was may near galveston texas that school district there so i know this is a debate that Certainly the legislators around the South are having right now about safety of schools. But my point of bringing the story up is that tomorrow marks the one year anniversary of the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High in South Florida. Speaking of President Trump, he's got a new enemy in the Butterfly Center. As the Butterfly Center has asked, this is the National Butterfly Center a nonprofit, it has asked a federal judge to stop border wall activity on its property as the administration of President Trump gears up to build new walls and fencing in South Texas and may soon get that funding for even more wall. In a motion filed earlier this week, Mariana Trevino Wright says heavy machinery has been driving through their property for a week, including a road grader accompanied by a U.S. Customs and Border Protection vehicle. Wright alleged that someone had cut the lock on a center fence and replaced it with a lock belonging to CBP. And this is all in the South Texas area, the Rio Grande Valley, where this National Butterfly Center, and they're threatening to stop more construction on the border wall. 
And this is another defense. Even if the president and the Republicans get funding for any more walls, I firmly believe you're going to see a liberal push to restrict that through the courts. I think you'll see more, at least there'll be some effort, more effort to say you can't build a wall or a barrier. We're going to keep butterflies from going back and forth between Mexico and the U.S. We're going to have a hard time having snakes crawl back and forth between the two countries. That's the kind of ridiculous arguments that I really feel like will be coming even if the president gets his wish and gets some money for a border wall. Speaking of the border, and more specifically south of the border, the drug lord known as El Chapo, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, was convicted in New York on Tuesday. Of course, he was convicted on all counts after running an industrial-scale smuggling operation after a three-month trial packed with Hollywood-style tales of grisly killings, political payoffs, cocaine hidden in jalapeno cans, jewel-encrusted guns, and a naked escape with his mistress through a tunnel. This is the guy, remember, that snuck out of that jail in Mexico somehow. And now the 61-year-old found guilty on all counts in New York. And the U.S. District Judge Brian Cogan lauded the jury's meticulous attention to detail and the remarkable approach it took to Toward deliberations, Kogan said it made him very proud to be an American. And El Chapo now, well, I don't think you'll be going back south of the border anytime as he's convicted on all the counts that he faced for his smuggling of cocaine, heroin, meth, and marijuana into the U.S. going back to the 1980s. A true drug lord, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, found guilty on Tuesday in New York City. Good news from the job openings front, as job openings in the country jumped to a record high of 7.3 million openings. The Labor Department said Tuesday that job openings jumped 2.4% in December to that mark, 7.3 million. That is the most since records began in December of 2000. It's also far greater than the number of unemployed, which stood at 6.3 million that month. So more good news for the president and the economy. And in many ways, the country is booming in so many ways. When you've got openings for 7.3 million people, and a lot of these people aren't showing up, people that need to work still aren't. Look, if you want to work, you can find a job. I think that's an old adage maybe your grandparents may have told you. Even in the dark days, that was true. But now, when I'm telling you there's 7.3 million openings right now across the country, people need 7.3 million people to come to work at whatever job they have. If you want to work, there's a job. So my point here, friends, is there's no excuse for people to say, I can't get a job. I can't work. That's because they're either too good for a job or that old L word. Maybe maybe they're just lazy. We know that's not you. We know that we're not talking about you here on the Y'all Show. Speaking of the current business boom that we have, the U.S. expects record domestic oil production in 2019 and 2020. And these levels will reach new heights this year and next. And that prices will be lower than they were in 2018 in the future. How about that? The U.S. Energy Information Administration said Tuesday that it expects the country to pump 12.4 million barrels of crude a day this year 
and that goes to 13.2 million barrels in 2020. The January average, by the way, was 12 million barrels a day, and that's up 90,000 barrels a day from December. Most of the increase is expected to come from our southern state of Texas and nearby New Mexico. I didn't realize there was so much oil production that goes on in New Mexico, but sure enough, good news there. The Energy Agency expects U.S. benchmark crude to cost less than $55 a barrel this year and 58 next year, and that's down from $65 in 2018. It expects internationally traded oil to be $61 this year, 62 next, down from 71 in 2018. So if you are like me and you've seen that gas price hovering around $2 in the south, I've traveled in many states and I've seen it as low as around 170 I think, a couple of weeks ago in one of our southern states. I still see it in some places a little higher than it should. Hey, good news. I think, I think the price might even be going lower. How low can you go? Do you remember, if we go back to the last 25 to 30 years, the lowest gas price that I can remember in the last three decades, I saw and pumped, because I'm cheap, I saw in the 1990s, roughly mid-90s, there's a little spot of Interstate 24 that is actually in Georgia. If you come down from Nashville on Interstate 24 heading to Chattanooga, for about two miles, the interstate dips into Georgia. It meets up with Interstate 59. And during that two-mile stretch, there's an exit that has at least two gas stations that are technically in the most northwestern corner of Georgia. And I vividly remember in the mid-'90s, that place always had cheap gas. And at the time, gas was at its cheapest I remember paying around 80 cents. It might have been 79 cents a gallon to get gas from those pumps there in northwest Georgia. It was several cents more once you cross back into Tennessee or if you went on down into Alabama from there on Interstate 59. But I am so looking forward to the return of that. And that would be about a dollar less than what we have now in some places. Now, I know that was remarkably cheap, but wouldn't that be great? I also remember, do you remember this if you lived in the South about 14 years ago, sadly, when Hurricane Katrina came through, I remember seeing gas prices in a lot of the South that had cheap gas prices. Normally, the price of the pump then was around $360, $370 a gallon. Maybe yours was less than that, but I remember seeing those prices pretty regularly during that month or two period that Katrina was a disaster and refineries had shut down or were having to be flooded out just we hope that doesn't happen for a long long time a man in georgia has been charged with killing a high school teacher who vanished in 2005 from her georgia home he's now confessed more than a decade later to authorities who found dna from both the suspect and victim on a glove recovered at the crime scene and ryan duke is scheduled to stand trial april 1st for the murder of tara grinstead who was a history teacher and a beauty pageant contestant whose disappearance was haunted and haunted in rural Irwin County where Osceola, Georgia is for more than 13 years. But an investigator in the case revealed new details on the witness stand Monday as prosecutors sought to persuade a judge to deny the suspect's request for bond. But uh, he's been charged with killing this teacher and I think we have once again DNA coming to play. I, I know this has been a a cold case for quite some time 
in Osceola and in that part of Georgia. And this man likely going to be found guilty in the slaying of this Georgia teacher from many years ago. Tariffs. We've been talking about the president a little bit here in this first segment of the show today. And he's been all about eh, trade wars and such. Well, one thing you may not realize that's not necessarily helping the South out right now, because of an increase on tariffs, they are taking a toll on whiskey exports in the last half of 2018. So in Louisville, Kentucky, these retaliatory tariffs have caused a sharp downturn in American whiskey exports, and distillers started feeling the pain from a global trade dispute and exports to some key overseas markets gyrated wildly last year for producers of bourbon, Tennessee whiskey, and rye whiskey. Overall, U.S. spirits exports in 2018 stayed on another record-setting trajectory due in part to surging whiskey scales sales in the months leading up to the tariffs as larger distillers stockpiled supplies. So, the moral of the story, friends, is for the Jack Daniels and Jim Beams of the world. Well, they're still making money. They're not going to go out of business anytime soon. But the trade wars did affect them. And I think this hurts our smaller whiskey and bourbon makers in the South that maybe not have the funds like the big boys have. So we hope they've been able to survive the tariff dust up that's going on between this country and others and how about those other countries loving our southern whiskey our tennessee whiskey and our kentucky bourbon Ooh, good stuff if you are into that i personally don't think i can handle it but maybe if i did i would be feeling a little bit better hey i'm already feeling fine as i told you we've got more y'all headlines coming up and of course before this hour ends we've got hashtag hullabaloo this is the y'all show hang on Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Herpes and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Herpes and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. 
Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. That'll be me. We're back on the Y'all Show, where we discuss all things Dixie. I'm John Rawl. So good to have you back here. Our website, y'all.com. Well, if you've got a loved one, or perhaps you live in the great state of Alabama, and let's say you've been having a hard time reaching your loved one, especially if you want to call them tomorrow, or maybe send them a fax tomorrow, well, there's some good news for all of you in Alabama, and or those who have someone in the Yellowhammer State that you've been wanting to get a hold of, Alabama is going to be getting, and just in time for Valentine's Day, a brand new area code. Let's hear it for area code 659. Now, 659 will be going in where the current area code 205 is, and this will be an area code that will cover part of the western central part of the state, and it includes Jefferson County, and it will be covered by this overlay code of 659 in addition to the current code of 205. In addition, they will not change any of the current numbers, but it means an alteration to current dialing procedures according to AT&T. And the new three-digit numbers allows for a continuing supply of area codes to the area. That 205 area code, which I honestly think at one time was the entire state of Alabama. I know North Alabama was 205, Central Alabama was and still is 205 i think the entire state was 205 just like mississippi was 601 south carolina was 803 and don't ask me about the other states of the south (laughs) i doubt tennessee's had just one area code at one point i know 901's memphis nashville 615 the historic area code at least but with the advent of faxes and everybody's got a cell phone they just ran out of numbers and so now in parts of Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, that west central portion of Alabama, the new area code 659, and this change will start in April 13th. My guess is if you go in and get a new cell phone and or you have any kind of change of service, they're going to put you with the new 659 area code. We've seen that happen in years past. The area code 251 for South Alabama was added back in 2001, so it's been a Several years for, since Alabamians had a new, uh, not zip code, new area code to choose from. But they're, they're getting up there with the number of, of area codes. I still find it funny if you ever look at an area code map to see like New York City, how many area codes are right there in that massive, massive city. 
Payless. Have y'all been to a Payless shoe store? Well, they may end up closing all of their stores as part of a bankruptcy filing. This store that started in Topeka, Kansas in 1956, they've got 4,400 stores in more than 30 countries, and they're having some financial problems. According to Bloomberg, the Payless shoe stores preparing for its second bankruptcy, a move that could lead to the closure of almost all of its North American stores. Payless has not confirmed these reports and the chain last filed for bankruptcy two years ago, and they closed about 400 underperforming stores in the country at that time. So if you've been able to hang on to your Payless shoe store. A lot of times these are in malls. They are having a hard time. I don't know if the internet is part of that. I still think when it comes to shoes, and I just bought a pair of shoes the other day, I think the internet is a terrible option for shoe buying especially if it's a shoe that you really care about meaning you're going to wear it a good bit if it's a one-time only deal you can kind of suck it up if it doesn't quite fit but i have bought more than five pair of shoes that i just thought would be great and when they arrive they just something's not right and you got to ship them back it's a pain in the tuchus so all you brick and mortar shoe stores a you got a future. You still got a future. The internet, I don't think, is going to totally kill you like it has so many other things. But Payless is suffering right now. A man in Virginia has been arrested for allegedly projecting porn on a garage door. Antonio Smallwood, a 41-year-old Virginian in the Newport News area, was busted for allegedly projecting this porn flick on the garage door of his home and neighbors were able to see it and they called the newport news police to his home after the neighbor reported to authorities that pornographic material was being displayed and when the officer arrived he observed a movie involving sexual activity being projected on the garage door of the residence the cop attempted to serve small with the summons for screening the x-rated movie but when the porn buff refused to sign the summons he was arrested He's been charged with obscene sexual display and obstruction of justice and booked into the local jail there and being held without bond court appearance scheduled for March 8th. So it's okay to watch porn, even though some people think that's a terrible thing and it may be, but you have a legal right to watch porn. Just don't watch it on your garage door, project it up on your garage door for the whole neighborhood to see. And because that Antonio Smallwood He won't be watching any kind of porn for a while. A Michigan school district is now going to phase out the use of the rebel mascot. We're not talking about Ole Miss here. We're not talking about all the other academies and other schools in the South that love the rebel nickname. And many have the Colonel Reb logo as part of that tradition. This is in Michigan. I I kind of find it hard to believe a school in Michigan would even have that. But the Godfrey Lee Public School District in Michigan They've opened up discussions about the use of a rebel mascot that they have there, which is a Confederate soldier caricature. The school board voted Monday to phase out the mascot, noting a survey found the mascot and the associated symbolism did not reflect the diversity of our district. And naturally, you have two sides of the story. And one side did not want to continue to use the name Lee Rebels and have this mascot. And then others said there was nothing wrong with the mascot and people were being overly sensitive to it and were too worried about political correctness. Amen to that. I love me the rebel mascot. I love me the Colonel Reb 
love it, love it, love it. And it's a darn shame when people try to take something that's so great and use it for politically correct purposes. That's my one peso of information for the day. Speaking of things being renamed, this comes from the South. In Richmond, Virginia, Arthur Ashe. Now, remember 15, 20 years ago, they put a statue of Arthur Ashe up in his hometown right on Monument Road where they have statues of Jefferson Davis, Jeb Stewart, and Robert E. Lee. And then they put a tennis player. You got all these Confederate figures, and then they decided to put a tennis player up on the same historic avenue. Well, they also have in Arthur Ashe's hometown an athletic center named after him and a sculpture named after him and now they're going to have a major thoroughfare there named after arthur ash because there's a street there called the boulevard in downtown richmond virginia and the richmond city council has approved a proposal to rename this street after tennis champion arthur ash jr so golly there'll be arthur ash everywhere when you go to richmond virginia You will not miss it, it sounds like. Remains of a sailor from Tennessee killed in Vietnam have been identified. The remains of Lieutenant Richard C. Tito Lanham of Union City, Tennessee, identified. And there will be a funeral for the lieutenant on March 2nd, decades after the then 27-year-old went missing aboard an A-6A aircraft during a night mission in North Vietnam Back in 1968, the Tennessee Department of Veterans Services says a team excavated a crash site on Trayban Island from October to December of 2017. And while there, the team recovered enough remains to share with the Department of Defense, the POW MIA Accounting Agency, and the Armed Forces Medical Examiner. DNA and evidence found at the crash sites were used to identify Lanham. And Tennessee Governor Bill Lee declared a day of mourning from sunrise to sunset on March 2nd in honor of Lanham's ultimate sacrifice. And this Navy aviator, Lieutenant Richard C. Tito Lanham of Union City, Tennessee, will be remembered on March 2nd when his remains will be finally returned to Union City and to Tennessee and his sacrifice will be honored throughout the volunteer state. Cousins playing in North Carolina are now being praised for stopping to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and this is when the Roseboro, North Carolina Fire Department was raising its flag, and the boys stopped, and they actually said the Pledge of Allegiance when the fire department was raising an American flag, and a picture of the two boys was taken, and this photo, as you would expect, it kind of went viral on the Roseboro Fire Department's Facebook page, and we want to say kudos Just when we want to pick on youngsters for being out of touch and being selfish, how about this? These kids, Thomas Edwards, Jones, he's seven, and his cousin, Derek Tyrone Ingram, is six. And what a great photo and a very proud photo. And their family ought to be quite proud that they took the time to stop in their tracks while they were out playing on, it looks like, scooters in the photo to say the Pledge of Allegiance when they saw the flag going up. Pretty darn cool. There is hope, y'all. And finally, in Texas, well, maybe there's not hope. (laughs) A couple of pot smokers, well, they were up to no good in Houston this week. And they went into an abandoned home in Houston to smoke marijuana. And when they went in the home, they found a caged tiger. And someone let the police know that they thought they were police, that they were hallucinating when they first saw the tiger. But these guys weren't 
too high. It was actually true. It was a tiger in a cage in this house in Houston. And Houston's major offender animal cruelty unit and animal shelter volunteers were called in to care for the tiger. Luckily, the tiger was well fed, but the cage, get this, was secured by a nylon strap and a screwdriver. The tiger was taken into an animal shelter and transferred to an animal sanctuary in the Lone Star State. And that's good news. It's legal to own a tiger in Texas if the owner has a wild game permit, but it is illegal to have a tiger in Houston. So they were breaking the law. I don't have the name of who actually owned the home that these pot smokers went into to smoke. When they, How about that? That would be quite a discovery. Hey, man, what's up, dude? And boom, there's a tiger staring right at you. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got hashtag holy staring right at you, and it will not be quite as scary as looking as a tiger, but we got you, tiger, by the tail. The Y'all Show will be right back. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 6262. That's promo code 6262 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore, and it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Uses directed. Hour one, final segment here. Lots of good stuff coming up in hour two. We'll have Jonathan Lifeite of CBS Sports Digital and the 24-7 Sports Network drop by to talk all things Atlantic Coast Conference, ACC basketball, big time action going on in the conference. Plus, we'll get Jonathan's take on National Signing Day that happened last Wednesday from an ACC perspective. And I'm going to make him work overtime today. I'm going to get him to chime in on a few of the SEC schools and their National Signing Day. 
And then as we wrap up hour two, we're going to talk about the SEC exclusively. I'm going to let you hear some info about the Tennessee Vols, the number one basketball team in the country. Also, we'll have some SEC football talk, perhaps some reaction to one of their coaches for National Signing Day. All that in hour two of this y'all program. We start off our hashtag hullabaloo, hashtag hullabaloo, today with a tweet from Southern Breeze at SBreezeT. This is a company, by the way, Southern Breeze, the zero-calorie sweet tea, now available in cold brew, all of the taste, none of the guilt, founded in Marietta, Georgia, hashtag guilt-free sweet tea. I need to check that out, of course, coming from marietta georgia just north of atlanta in cobb county southern breeze's tweet is very well it's perfect for today since we're getting ready for the big holiday tomorrow hashtag valentine's day is coming y'all what's in store for your sweetie and i think southern breeze is trying to say hey you know maybe maybe we're not a bad option for a valentine's day sweetheart instead of getting her more chocolate or something like that Get her some of our delicious zero-calorie sweet tea. But here's the problem, Southern Breeze. Have you ever dealt with women? Well, if you're a guy, of course you have, I guess. Uh, But women may not know this. Women, here's a little secret from a guy who's dealt with women in the past from a romantic standpoint. If you show up, my experience, and give a woman zero calorie sweet tea as a gift instead of saying thank you you know what they're going to say oh what are you trying to suggest do you think i'm overweight do you think i'm obese no i'm just trying to get you something that tastes good but you can't you just can't justify it you just have to sit there and take the abuse so maybe southern breeze maybe other than valentine's day this is a great thing to offer but maybe on valentine's day Maybe it's not a good gift. That's just my one cent of opinion. But yes, do y'all know what I'm talking about, fellas? I know fellas know what I'm talking about. And ladies, I hope you are sympathetic to our plight because it's true. When we just try to do nice things sometimes, it's like they think we put a lot of thought into it. And and I'll be honest, most guys just don't put that much thought into anything. (laughs) We kind of keep it simple. It's not that complex. So please don't think that if we give you a zero-calorie sweet tea that we're trying to say you're fat or obese. We just we just give it to you because we like you. We love you. We love you a lot on Valentine's Day. But we appreciate Southern Breeze giving us that idea. Hey, check it out. Any other day but February 14th, it's a great product. February 14th. I'm all for just eating everything with sweets, the real thing. Sugar, sugar, sugar on February 14th now. The other 364, yeah, you probably need to maybe not, you know, pour in the sweets and everything you do. I've got to brag, though. I have a declaration on today's Y'all Show, speaking of sweets and zero calories. I have transitioned. I have transitioned, and I'm proud of myself. I'm patting myself on the back right now. And I don't like to talk about myself really too much, even though I have a show that I host I know that's not supposed to be what you say on a radio show that you're the host of, but I I try to make this show about y'all. That's why it's called y'all. But I have to brag on myself. But this also relates to most of you. Since I moved to Mississippi in 2001, 
I was a skinny bozo. I was a skinny. I was a skinny thirty-year-old when I moved to Oxford, Mississippi, in two thousand one. To be honest with you, technically twenty-nine. I turned thirty the first week I lived there. I was skinny. Okay, we know that now. Well, living in Mississippi, which was a fun experience, but at times boring. And the reason it's boring is Mississippi got they got messed up when it came to geography. There's no mountains. You can't go skiing. You can't go mountain hiking and stuff like that. There's really no good beach in Mississippi. The Gulf Coast of Mississippi is a wave pool. <laughs> it's a kiddie pool. It's a joke. Other than that, it's a great state. So the good Lord kind of messed over Mississippi geography-wise. So if you live in Mississippi, and this is the case with a lot of other places too, by the way, one of the only highlights you really got to look forward to is going off somewhere and eating every day. And there's no shortage of fast food. It's just it's just calling your name. And so I, I had my share of fast food, I, I will confess. In 2019, I have made a pledge here after moving away from Mississippi. I've made a pledge that I need to eat better. I need to lose weight. So starting January 1st, I've done a good job, and I've I've been drinking, for the most part, water and or Coke Zero products, and I've been careful what I eat. And today, when I weighed in, I lost seven pounds this last week alone, and I am now here with my big announcement. I am no longer obese, according to the BMI index. I am now overweight. I'm still not in the BMI perfect range. I got to lose like 30 more pounds to be, according to the BMI index, the weight that I should be, which a lot of people say that thing's out of touch. It's just not, it's just not accurate. Can't, there's no way, but I'm going to keep trying to lose even more. I guess I'm going to have to start exercising. The one thing I don't want to do, but I realize I probably have to, but at least I've been eating well and drinking well. And I'm no longer obese. Woohoo! I am not obese. I'm just overweight. And if you looked at me, you might think I'm not overweight. I, I'm still kind of a skinny looking guy. I've had a little small, I won't call it beer gut, but Coca-Cola gut. That hopefully is diminishing. And and for all of us out there, it's always good to lose a little bit. And with just a little bit of weight loss, you can go from obese to overweight. And you start feeling good about yourself. And what did I do today to reward myself? I went to Sonic and got me an ice cream cone. <laughs> but those aren't the worst things. If you look at the calories, those soft serve ice cream cones, if you don't eat them every day and every meal, I think once a week, probably you probably will be okay. So back off, okay? Just back off if you want to start piling on me for breaking my trend. All right, our final hashtag, Hullabaloo, comes from Truth at Alt underscore Voters Hacked. And Truth says... The Russians have hacked our system, spread misinformation. Cuba meddled in our election at Helsinki 45, showed us where his loyalty lies and will do nothing. Uh-oh, I'm afraid to read this. This comes from Truth on Twitter. All opinions need to go to Truth, not to me. But Truth said, White supremacy is the false religion of many Southern Christians. Again, this comes from Alt underscore Voters H-A-C-K-D. 
on Twitter, and that's what he said. White supremacy is the false religion of many Southern Christians. I don't know what you're talking about, truth. I, you, you just, you, you're not the truth. You're the, you're the fake news is what I'm going to tell you right here on the Y'all Show. And that will wrap up our hashtag Hullabaloo here. What a way to end it on this Wednesday Y'all Show. We've got sports talk coming aplenty. Sports aplenty. On the other side, we'll talk ACC and SEC. Jonathan Lifehite from CBS Sports Digital and 24-7 Sports will be our special guest. Don't go anywhere. The Y'all Show will return. Herpesinel works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Herpesinel penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Herpesinel also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Herpesinel works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. It's the hour two y'all show back with you here. It's going to be a sports spectacular this hour as we'll have both an ACC spotlight, a recruiting spotlight of National Signing Day from last week, and we'll have an SEC spotlight before we get out of here. This all in this one hour. It's all because we're shifting some things around since we'll be at the country radio seminar starting on Thursday's y'all show. So don't want to talk too much sports when we're right in the middle of country music goodness for the acc spotlight we bring on jonathan Lifefight, and he's joining me right here in this hour too with your host john rawl this is the y'all show jonathan you were away last week on national signing day it wasn't because you were so excited because of college basketball and college football it was because i think you were a little under the weather yeah i was a lot under the weather came down with a little infection so Ooh. Uh, doing a lot better this week but we're uh, we're hanging in there well, I can tell you sound good. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how good you look. Uh, better than you. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And you actually know what I look like, sadly. Sadly. <laughs> Jonathan, I want to talk some ACC basketball with you, but the big story coming out of the conference is what's going on with Dabo Sweeney's Clemson football team in terms of, remember, if you go back to December, they had some players get kind of told they couldn't play in that playoff game as well as the national championship game because they failed drug tests. And now we're learning more. What do we know, Mr. Lifehite? 
Well, so they, it was a, a substance called, I believe it was Osterine, uh, is, is the substance. And apparently um, there are some, uh, I guess, manufacturers of, of uh, you know, of sports drinks and, and supplements and whatever that will occasionally use this. And as it turns out, it's a, it's a banned substance from the NCAA perspective. And, and uh, as they started re- investigating, I guess, at Clemson as to what was going on, as to why those three players um, tested positive, it may have turned out that they had gotten a batch of, of stuff that had that string in it for all of their teams. And uh, that's uh, kind of not a good look for Clemson. Um, no matter no matter how much it might may or may not have been their fault, and we'll probably never know the truth um, as to whether or not they got a you know a manufacturer that slipped that in there, or or if they knowingly bought it. We'll never know what really happened. Nonetheless, it looks like uh, looks like Clemson may have been giving their players a uh, performance enhancing drug that was banned by the NCAA. Uh, and like I said, they say they don't know about it, didn't know what, didn't know it was in there. Um, and they're investigating where it came from and what it was. They don't even know for sure what it was in at this point, but they believe that the, they were feeding their team uh, performance-enhancing drugs without, without, without their knowledge. This is not an easy story, it sounds like. This is a story that could really bite Clemson in the behind, it sounds like. Yeah, it could. Uh, on the other hand, they could come out of it just fine. If I had to make a guess, I would, I would say if they can prove to the NCAA that they – had gotten the, the stuff cleared and then it turned out that the manufacturer was sliding some stuff in without their knowledge or something like that. It, it, basically it's going to come down to first, they got to find out what it was in. And then second, they got to track it down to, yep, we got all the approvals and, and had asked that there, this Austrian substance was not in it. And if they can prove all that, then they'll probably come out of it pretty good. And uh, on the other hand, in my opinion, I'm not sure they'll ever quite figure it out. They may not be able to unravel it, and there'll always be kind of an air of mystery around it. Well, definitely that mystery there in Clemson. And when we switch over, Jonathan, to basketball, we've got an unsolved mystery from about 20 years ago going on with the Duke program. What do you know about this case that has come out this week about a rape that happened some 20 years ago? Um, I believe you're talking about Corey Maggette. Yes, yeah, I haven't had a chance to, to 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 dive into it too much, but it looks like you know this is another case of uh, of somebody came out uh, from you know long ago when when Maggette was uh, was at Duke, and that uh, that apparently he he's being accused of, of having raped raped a, a young lady. So I'm not sure that I think this may be the first time that these allegations have been learned of. So not a lot that the Duke program could have done at the time. And, uh, um, well, actually I take that back. They're saying that she did do that. She did actually report it and, and that, that had been discouraged from pursuing it further. So this could get pretty ugly for Duke, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if you'll, if you'll remember the, the Duke lacrosse scandal that turned out to be, uh, all made up and everything, um, this could go easily go in that direction. Um, except probably without the retraction. Yeah. Well, Duke has been in the headlines for some bad things there. Now, I don't remember Maggette, the st- the person that is accused of being a rapist here in this story. Was he a star for Duke? Oh, definitely. He okay. ended up playing in the he ended up playing in the uh, NBA for about fourteen or fifteen years okay. after that too. So he was there for a good long while. He was late late nineties, I believe. 
Um, and then he played, he was a guard uh, for them. I can't remember if he was a point guard or a shooting guard, but he was a, a guard for them. Pretty darn good shooter, as I recall. Okay. Sorry, all you basketball fans. I just showed my ignorance when it comes to Duke basketball. And I guess in the NBA, he must not have played for the Cavaliers because I probably would have heard of him. <laughs> uh, not while LeBron was there. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Not that I follow the Cavaliers that closely, but uh, it's like, oh, who's that other guy on the court out there with LeBron James now with the Lakers? And by the way, NBA fans, the All-Star Game will be in ACC country this weekend as Charlotte hosts the All-Star Game of the NBA. So if you love that particular sport, it's a big time in Charlotte. And where are we going to have the ACC basketball tournament this year, Jonathan? Uh, You know what? I believe it is back in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay. All right. I was thinking it might be back on Tobacco Road, but I know you've expressed your anger that they keep moving it away from Greensboro, putting it in places <laughs> like Brooklyn. And I think, has it been in Florida at one point? It, it has. And, and to me, that's just an abomination. Okay. So, uh, you know, to me, it should be held. You know what? I'm wrong. It's actually going to be in Charlotte this time. Oh, okay. I thought there was a connection with Charlotte and the ACC this year. And I know even though you're an Atlanta kind of guy, you don't even like the tournament in Atlanta. No, not really. It just doesn't have the same atmosphere. It's really nice to have, you know, so many teams that are so close. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got, uh, you know, NC State, you've got uh, Duke, you've got Carolina, you've got Wake Forest. Clemson's just a little bit down the road. Virginia and Virginia Tech, neither of them are very far. And of course, you know, for uh, for those of us in Atlanta, it's a just a just a few hour drive up the road. So it just seems to draw more fans and just a better atmosphere. Well, that'll be next month. Let's look at the latest AP Top Twenty Five for college basketball. Jonathan, the Tennessee Vols from the SEC continued to lead the national scene. They're number one. But getting 24 first-place votes in the latest poll, the Duke Blue Devils, and they had another big win over the weekend. They went to Charlottesville and took off and did a good job against the Cavaliers of Virginia, and Duke sits at number two. Virginia slips down a notch to number four and the latest AP poll. What is your take on Duke of Virginia? Is Duke that much better? I, I think I think they're, when Zion Williamson is playing at what, where he's capable of playing, I think they are that much better. And to be perfectly honest, if you start to look at strength of schedule and RPI and all that kind of stuff, I think Duke's better than Tennessee as well, even though they have one more loss. They've played a pretty, pretty significantly harder schedule. So right now, I'm, the way I look at it, Duke is kind of the, the, the premier team, and then everybody else. There's a, there's a whole group of them that are kind of falling in there from – two to about five or six and then then you drop down another tier uh kind of into the into the seven to, to 15 range although the who's lost to duke at home over the weekend they rebounded they went into chapel hill this week and in midweek action they defeated unc 69 to 61 a great win for the cavaliers did you see any of that game i, I have not gotten to see i uh, did not get to see that game as well. okay well what the heck are you doing i'm sleeping man (laughs) i'm kidding i'm just picking on you here yes uh, it's sometimes hard to watch some of these crazy games that go on on monday and tuesdays and wednesdays but uh come weekend usually we can find a spot to watch a little acc hoops louisville's they're in the top 20 they're at number 16 in the latest ap poll they're followed by florida state and for the acc virginia tech man they are on a tailspin the the hokey birds have dropped 11 spots in the latest AP poll. Get this, in recent games, they have lost to UNC, they've lost to Clemson, they've lost to Louisville, 
and uh, they got beat pretty bad at Little John, 59-51. They've got a game against Georgia Tech here in midweek play for the Hokie Birds. Yeah, I told you earlier on, I thought they were going to, they were not going to sustain what they were doing. And sure enough, they came right back to earth. You're picking on Buzz. Are you, you saying Buzz can't get it done and Hokie No, town? I was talking about, I was talking about Virginia Tech and, and how they've slipped lately. Isn't that his name, said, the coach, Buzz? Oh, yeah, Buzz, uh, Buzz, what is it? Buzz Williamson, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Buzz Williams, sorry. Buzz Williams. He's got a different look these days. I think he's got a beard or something like that. But uh, Virginia yeah. Tech, 22. And that is the only team in the bottom five of the ACC that's in the current AP poll. So, Jonathan, if we know that about the ranked teams, what do you have to say about all these non-ranked ACC teams? Yeah, it seems like there's a there's a group kind of. If you look at the ACC, there's two stra- there's two kind of stratas. There's one through nine, and uh, there's a bunch of teams that are all kind of there. Uh, and then you get it's kind of ten through fifteen, and the and the drop off is pretty significant at that point. Um, kind of if, as I mentioned, NC State comes in at like that ninth place, and they're at five and six in the conference and seventeen and seven overall. And then the next team is Notre Dame at three and eight in the conference and thirteen and eleven overall. And then the remainder of the teams are all kind of one or two games, you know, right there at uh, at five hundred, and they're all all got three, two to three wins in the ACC. So really kind of two two groupings in the ACC. And I think they'll probably get uh, the first nine teams into the NCAA or come very close to that. And I think NC State is probably your last team in. All right. Jonathan, this weekend is the start of college baseball. The ACC's had some good teams in college baseball in recent years. And the preseason coaches poll has come out from the conference and from the Atlantic division of the conference, the Louisville Cardinals and Dan McDonald, they are atop that division, followed by Florida State, Clemson, NC State, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame, followed by Boston College, those seven teams in the Atlantic division on the uh, coastal side of the ledger, the North Carolina Tar Heels are picked to finish first on that ledger. And Virginia follows them, followed by Duke, Miami, Virgin- Georgia Tech, rather, then Pitt, then Virginia Tech, coastal-wise. Anything you want to say about the ACC? I know last season you had some teams that did quite well in the regular season, Florida State and Clemson. And then during that opening round of the tournament, they both were embarrassed. I think Florida State went 0-2 in their regional in Tallahassee. They lost to Samford and Mississippi State, and they were done. They were one of the yep. national seeds. Clemson also fell apart. I think Vanderbilt won their regional. Anything you want to say about ACC baseball heading into the opening weekend? Yeah, well, they uh, really need to pick it up. I, this year should be a little better year, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of pitching coming back um, uh, for, within the conference, so this should be a little better. Um, usually, it kind of thing how things go, kind of win or win, wins or, or losses are kind of determined from the mound. If you can get a de- decent pitching staff, you're probably going to be a good team. And it seems like the, the ACC has a, just a slightly deeper uh, staff this year. All right. Well, some other teams to be on the lookout. NC State, I know they got to the postseason last year. Duke, they've come a long way. In fact, one of the neat things about the Duke baseball program, Jonathan, if you go see them, you're going to go to the Durham Bulls ballpark and see that big, massive cow out there in the outfield. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a really cool place to, to play. So uh, I definitely 
one of these days, maybe I'll get up there to see that. I think you should, Jonathan Lifeite. We're going to schedule out everything you need to do here on the Y'all Show. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to schedule you for the next segment because, my friend, we need you to talk some college football recruiting with us. Last Wednesday was National Signing Day, and we didn't have a chance to get your take on all the signees for the ACC, but I'm going to get you to kind of weigh in on some of the big SEC schools and how their signing day went on Wednesday of last week. So we've got recruiting to talk about, and then at the end of the hour, we're going to switch over from the ACC and talk about the Southeastern Conference with a spotlight there. You'll hear from the head coach of the number one ranked basketball team in the land, Rick Barnes of the Tennessee Volunteers. Also, you'll hear from Joe Moorhead, head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs, as he kind of recapped his signings for 2019. All that ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a very Southern sports accent. Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Herpes and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Herpes and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Herpes and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Uses directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone? Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Back into the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent, John Rawl, visiting with Jonathan Liveheit of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. Last week, we had National Signing Day, Part 2. Jonathan is with a website, 24-7 Sports and GoJackets.com, that makes a living out of covering recruiting for college football. And Jonathan, we, we missed you last week, so we want you to work extra hard this week. 
what was your take on how the ACC did? And we're also going to get your SEC take as well. But first up, ACC, your take on the signings and how schools did on National Signing Day. Yeah, well, for the for the ACC, it was a, a case of uh, no surprise. Clemson kind of came home as, as the top ranked class in the in the uh, in the ACC. Um, nationally, they didn't. They I think they were about number ten overall nationally. Let me go back here and look at my list. Yep, that's about right. Um, so, but uh, all in all, we all we all kind of knew that. Um, as usual, Florida State kind of did pretty well. Um, Virginia Tech. Right, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, I heard Florida State had a disaster. They didn't even sign a quarterback for the second year in a row. Now, the quarterback part is, is true, but the players they did sign are of decent quality. Okay. Um, so, they're, uh, they were they have the second-ranked class in the, in, the, uh, in the conference. Now, I will say from, an, from, a, from their perspective, it was 18th nationally, which, you know, that's a little lower than I think than what they're used to. So, I guess from that perspective, it was a disaster. And when you don't meet your needs, so a lot of this, you have to keep in mind, these rankings are based purely on the players you sign, not on the players you didn't sign that you needed to sign for a particular position. Now, Clemson, as you said, was the best team in the ACC. They checked in at number 10. Isn't that a little embarrassing? I I consider the ACC, if you want to use a triple option terminology, at times they're kind of a 1A and the SEC is kind of a 1B, a B back and an A back. And here, the best team in the land, Clemson, comes in at number 10 in these rankings. Well, and that also should tell you a little bit. That's not inconsistent with how they've performed in the past. That ought to tell you a little bit that the rankings have a, a little bit of, uh, shall we say, margin of error. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so don't take these things as gospel by any stretch. I cover recruiting and, and follow these rankings and whatnot, but even I know that there are certain teams that always outperform their rankings and, and that, uh, that you hardly can, and other teams that consistently underperform their, their rankings. So yeah. um, you got to just kind of take it with a grain of salt. It's kind of a fun exercise, but uh, I'm not too concerned about it. If you're in the top 10, you're probably doing all right. And Jonathan, to help illustrate your point, I know you've had a long history of covering Georgia Tech. Who is the number yeah. one guy you would point to in Georgia Tech's history that came in so off the radar from a star standpoint and ended up being a, a superstar who, who would you recommend well i mean there's probably a couple of them i mean joe hamilton came in as a kind of lightly regarded a three-star and uh you know really wasn't uh, that big a deal everybody else recruited him at quarterback and then he went on to be uh, a heisman runner-up in 1999 so that's uh, one player and then you got a player like i'm going to say pj daniels who ended up playing in the uh in the uh NFL for a bit. He was a six-string walk-on at one point uh, at Tech. Ended up finally winning the starting job, and then uh, and then, like I said, went on to the NFL. So you know, there's that kind of thing. Then you also have the, the flip side where the, where the player meets all the hype and, and then some. Where you have a, like a, a player, I mean, we'll just take Georgia Tech for example. Um, Calvin Johnson, five-star, all everything, and he went on to be probably the greatest wide receiver in the NFL for a number of years. So. Um, it goes both ways. It does yeah. go both ways. All right. The next team on the ACC following Florida State, we have Virginia Tech and Miami and NC State are just behind them. Your thoughts on the Hokies, the Canes, and the Pack with the way they had signing day being in the top 30 at least. 
Yeah, so interesting with uh, Virginia Tech. I was surprised to see them kind of able to pull off the class they did. They really had some struggles in terms of, uh, if you look at the number of transfers out of their program uh, this offseason, it's been uh, double digits, and I think they're pushing like 15 right now. So there's that. Miami did really well considering they had a, a rather late and strange coaching change with Mark Rich you know, deciding to retire and Manny Diaz coming back from Temple. Um, and then uh, Dave Doran uh, continues to do some uh, some good work up there at NC State, and uh, you know, getting them a, a good class this year. I remember on National Signing there, there was at least one prospect that I think was either heading to, I think he was heading to Alabama, and he decided to switch to Miami on Signing Day. Do you remember that story? I do not. There are okay. so many of those stories, I, I can't keep up with them all. Yeah, well, Miami again with the coaching change, finishing in the top thirty at least according to twenty four seven Sports. And then how about the job, Mac Brown? I saw that North Carolina finished 32 in the 24-7 sports team rankings of recruiting. And a lot of people said that UNC had one of the best days out there with their recruits that they were able to accrue on this day. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Florida State not getting a quarterback. Well, the guy they had committed for a very long time that was supposed to be their guy, guess where he ended up going? He went to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yes, he did. I believe his name was Sam Howell. And he was from Um, North Carolina, I think. He was. He had been a long-time commit to Florida State. And and for a long time, they had decided that they were, you know, that was their quarterback. And then late in the process, he flipped. And that's how how, Florida State came to not sign a quarterback. Ah, okay. Well, I guess they need to have what's called a reserve force ready in case things like that happen. Yeah. Before, have plan B. But they have the plan B may be the transfer protocol, as we keep talking about here on this show. And I guess there'll be somebody out there looking for a chance to play and playing at Florida State. Probably not a bad option if you're a football quarterback. Probably not. All right. So, Jonathan, the teams meet their needs, I think. I, I want to have you talk about the Ramlin wreck because I saw the head coach, the new coach, is it Jeff Collins? It is. Yeah, I saw him on a recent interview. He was actually on Jim Rome's show. I saw that interview, and then he, that interview forced me to go watch his press day where he had <laughs> signing day, National Signing Day's press conference. This guy is doing a great job, at least on paper. We'll see what happens yep. on the field. But it was so amazing to hear Jeff Collins, who grew up in Georgia, talk about this year's recruiting class was the first time the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech had signed a tight end in about 12 years. Yeah, I believe the last time they signed was in the 2005 class, maybe 2006 class. Uh, but, yeah, they signed uh, not just one tight end. They also got a grad transfer tight end and then also a preferred walk-on tight end. So they added three of them to the list. They'll probably have some guys that will move around a little bit as well. And uh, and also, to your point, Jeff Collins has come in, and he has been a whirlwind. Um, he is a phenomenal marketer um, of the program, and, and I think you're going to see some – uh, pretty substantial changes in how that program is perceived, branded, and marketed uh, to the Atlanta area. He's already making some big changes to it. He, he, in fact, Jonathan, I'm going to give him a, a, a nice pat on the back, and then I'm going I'm on. I need to find your sports information director, at Georgia Tech, and give him a nice <laughs> boot. I put a request in to talk to Jeff Collins, and already got shot down by the SID. Said he was too busy, but hey, at least we made the effort. There you go. Well, you should have uh, should have had me do it for you. Maybe I, I, that's, you I threw your name in there. I said Jonathan Lifeite is a regular contributor. And one reason I asked because I've seen Colin show up on a bunch of stuff here lately, and I figured that he's trying to get the word out as fast as he can before spring practice starts, which for the flats, it starts when? 
I believe it is right around the first of April. Okay, plus or minus. Because believe it or not, exact date. Believe it or not, people, there's some schools out there that have already started spring football. Some started the day after National Signing Day. Wow, that's pretty crazy right there. Well, they want to go ahead and knock it out and get it over with. But, yeah, a lot of schools, I mean, each, each coach has a different philosophy. But Jeff Collins, be on the lookout. By the way, Georgia Tech, the first game they have on the 2019 schedule, boy, it's an easy, easy one, Jonathan. They play at Clemson. Yeah, at Clemson on the uh, – ACC Network opening game. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Well, that's yep. good news if you're a Georgia Tech fan. All right, Jonathan, let me have you take off your ACC hat, put on your 24-7 hat for a second, 247sports.com, the website. Let's talk yep. a little SEC recruiting because at your website, y'all have to deal with SEC schools all the time. and We haven't had an, a person like you, an insider, come on our show since national signing day of course if you look at that top 10 of team rankings you'll see most of the sec listed there at least from alabama being number one georgia two texas a&m finished fourth and lsu fifth your thoughts on those big schools there and the way they did on national signing day well alabama's no surprise they're, they've been signing the number one class i think annually for quite a while and then uh, georgia usually does pretty well they managed to rack up pretty well, and Kirby Smart continued that trend uh, uh, this past year with uh, with you know another another very talented class. We'll see what he can do with it. Do you consider um, yeah, Smart a good recruiter? Uh, yeah, he's his staff is, a, is great at recruiting. I think they've had a uh, top five class for for the for the last three or four years that okay. he's been there for, for the for the past three or four years that he has been there. So. Uh, they do a very good job over there of pulling in the talent, but you know, Mark Rick did the same thing as well. He was able to get the get the talent in there. They've never lacked for uh, recruit for for talent on signing day. That's for sure. All right, Texas A and M surprised a lot of people. They are in fourth spot in the team rankings. They had twenty seven commits to College Station, and Jimbo Fisher, at least in his first. I guess full year of getting a year in College Station behind him seems to be on the right track there in College Station. Yeah, he certainly got them aimed in the right direction. I believe this was their highest finish ever uh, in the re- what I'll call the recruiting rankings era, which goes back to about 2001 or 2002. So this is uh, definitely a, a strong finish for them. LSU checks in at number five. Now, I remember last week before signing day, LSU was somewhere around eight or nine, and I think they moved up a good bit on national signing day. Your thoughts on Coach Orgeron and his Go Tigers philosophy? Yeah, I love listening to Orgeron. If there's if there's any, I don't know what the heck he says, but man, I love listening to him. So <laughs> I don't I think he knows stuff. what he says. Yeah, well, whatever it is, it's working on the recruits. All right, Dan Mullins, Florida Gators, checked in at number nine. Have you seen a difference on the recruiting side since he's coming to the picture in the last year, as opposed to the past coaches they've had in the swamp? You know, they've always done pretty well. So I haven't seen a big difference in what they've done, but you know, you know, they've been traditionally kind of what I'm going to call a top 15 in terms of recruiting. So coming in at number nine is pretty consistent with that. It might be a slight bump, yeah. but uh, not, not a huge bump. All right. Auburn checks in at number 11, the Gus bus coming there and Tennessee's at 12. These two programs, Jonathan, since you're in Georgia, of course, love to go into Georgia and compete with the other in-state programs and such. How do you think Auburn and Tennessee are doing from a recruiting of Georgia athletes? Oh, they've always both been able to come in and, and pick up a lot of athletes and and uh, you know, hopefully that's something that 
as a Georgia Tech fan, Georgia Georgia Tech can you know kind of stem off them at least to, for for a few few recruits every year. So not to show my bias there, but uh, that'd be nice. And it's interesting to watch Auburn do as well as they did this past year, given that uh, all the rumors that continue to swirl around Malzahn and and, and his tenure there and how tenuous it is. Yeah. So I know after Auburn's national championship, they started putting billboards all over Atlanta. Did they still have Auburn billboards present in Metro Atlanta? I haven't seen any lately, but that doesn't mean they're not there. Of course, last year when I was driving around the ATL, I saw Clemson billboards. So it's something about winning a national championship. They just go crazy with billboards. Yeah, I guess you got to spend that money somewhere. I guess you haven't seen too many Georgia Bulldog billboards around, huh? Oh, there's a few of those actually. They have they have their whole little commit to the G uh, uh, ad campaign, and and if, if you ever end up on 316 up to Athens, you'll see a ton of them. Yep. Speaking of the Bulldogs, one of their great players of the '90s, Will Muschamp, he leads the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Carolina comes in at number 17 in the rankings. And Jonathan, I don't know if you saw this, one of their signees was Deion Sanders's son. Why in the world is this kid going to Columbia when he could have been going to Tallahassee? Well, that's a good question, and I, and I really don't have that answer. But uh, uh, good question. Yep. Not sure. I guess he's not ready for the prime time. Yeah, Ole Miss is twenty-two, Arkansas twenty-three, Mississippi State twenty-four in the SEC side of recruiting. And Jonathan, I know as a Southerner like myself, and you see the battles that these schools pit against each other. SEC, ACC. How much of a difference is it for a kid when a school walks in and says, "Hey, we're in the ACC," or somebody comes in and says, "We're in the SEC." Yeah, you know, most of them, you know, most of them view it fairly, fairly equally. They really look at all the power fives okay. and, and you know, fairly equally. Now, usually the SEC, you know, particularly in Georgia, they're going to they're going to carry some cachet because they're going to be, you know, a lot of a lot of it's kind of hometown and it's going to be closer to, to the schools that are in the ACC slightly offset from that. So a lot of it is the cachet that it carries is because that's the local kind of a local conference. Uh, the ACC is also a local conference, but maybe not as with quite as much presence uh, in, you know, in this particular area of the world. Well, National Signing Day in the books now. Jonathan, what is next for both SEC and ACC programs from a recruiting standpoint? Where, do we, where are we? What, what comes up next? Well, uh, believe it or not, 2020 has already kicked off. And if you start to look at uh, kind of what's going on there um, for 2020, as an example, Alabama already has 10 commits for, for 2020. LSU already has nine. Uh, a team like Clemson, they got seven. If we go down the list, Florida State, six. Um, so uh, you're already seeing teams, you know, get commits. I'm going down the list, and I think you've got to get all the way down to uh, to 37 before you get to one commit on uh, 14. Golly. So that ought to tell you that, that uh, it used to be that, uh, you know, you kind of start seeing stuff start over the summer. And you get a lot of commitments, you know, particularly on official visits, either right before this, right before the season. Now, nowadays, this is pretty much turned into a twenty-four by uh, by seven by three hundred sixty-five day a year uh, deal for in terms of, of uh, what they have to do. So, teams are already recruiting twenty twenty before twenty nineteen is even in the books. Thus, the reason there's a website called Twenty Four Seven Sports. Isn't that crazy? 
That is crazy, I tell you. <laughs> and speaking of that website, which Jonathan works with and CBS Sports Digital, you can go on right now, log on to 247sports.com and see these same rankings, find your team, find the enemy, and just surf around. Great information. And always great information coming from Mr. Lifehite of 24-7 Sports. Thank you for your double duty today, SEC and ACC Talk. We loved it. You betcha. And just for that, Jonathan, we're going to send you a nice Valentine's sweetheart bouquet of roses. Oh, I greatly appreciate that. They'll be white and gold roses. Is that okay? That'd be even better. (laughs) Jonathan Lifehite. Stay where you are. When we come back, we'll have just SEC talk. We're going to talk SEC basketball, Tennessee Vols number one. And Joe Moorhead, coach of the Mississippi State football team, he spoke on National Signing Day. We'll hear what's going on in bully land. This is the Y'all Show. We'll be right back. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 6262. That's promo code 6262 at Vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Uses directed.
And welcome back into the final segment of this Wednesday, y'all, with John Rawl. And now, friends, we switch over to a little SEC talk. And we thank Jonathan Lifeite of 24-7 Sports again for coming on in the previous segments to give us both ACC information and a little recruiting information. He, he did a good job, don't you think? Yeah, let's give the old boy, like we said, we'll send him some white and gold roses. That's the colors of Georgia Tech, his alma mater. We'll send those his way, courtesy of the Y'all Show. Up with the white and gold, down with the red and black. See, I know that song. Hey, but that song you're hearing right now is the LSU Tigers fight song. Go Tigers, Tiger Bait! LSU with a big win on Tuesday night. They went all the way to Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. They pulled off a two-point win at the buzzer. LSU wins 73-71 to over the Kentucky Wildcats. Kentucky ranked fifth in the country. And the number 19 Tigers, they take their P-Rose and paddle north, and they get the big win over Kentucky. A great win there for the program. The top scorer for LSU was Emmett Williams. He had 12 points and six rebounds. And what a great win for all the Tiger fans out there. Other SEC action from Tuesday night, the Texas A&M Aggies soundly defeated Georgia 73-56. to Georgia is on quite a tailspin. Georgia, I can't remember the last time they've lost, rather won a game. Let's see. Let me do some math. One, two, three, four, five. They've lost, I think, five in a row. Yes, Georgia. And they're under a fairly new coach, Coach Cream, coming over, the former Indiana coach to Athens. And not things are not going too good at Stegman Coliseum for the Georgia Bulldog basketball program. So we'll keep our eye on what happens with the, the dogs. Now, what's going good is the Tennessee Vols basketball program. Rick Barnes and Rocky Top continue to be atop the AP poll, number one in the latest rankings. Other SEC teams in the top 25, Kentucky sits currently at number five, likely to fall down after that loss to LSU. Also from the SEC in the top 25, you have no one, LSU, they're number 19. There are only three teams represented from the conference and the latest top 25. And I thought this was supposed to be uh, an improved year for SEC basketball. Well, you got the number one team in the country, but Kentucky perhaps – I don't know the exact count. I saw a prediction the other day. They thought that eight SEC teams would make the March Madness. I don't know if I'm buying or selling that projection at this point. Now, coming up, SEC basketball this weekend. We've got some good games. Auburn is going to be at Vanderbilt. That's the early game from Memorial Gymnasium in Nashville. And that's a 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 Central tip. Texas A&M goes to Colonial Life Arena for our date against the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Florida Gators are in Tuscaloosa to play the Alabama Crimson Tide at Coleman Coliseum. The Pavilion at Ole Miss hosts Missouri and Mississippi. That is a mid-afternoon game on the SEC Network. LSU, number 19 in the country, they're at that struggling Georgia Bulldog program. That tips off at Stegman Coliseum at 6 o'clock athens time saturday and how about this matchup well let's get to that matchup in a second mississippi state will be traveling to fayetteville they play at bud walton arena against the arkansas razorbacks that is a 7 30 fayetteville time tip and then that big game the one i kind of skipped over but i'm coming back to now it's a top five matchup on saturday evening on espn from rupp arena 
the number one Tennessee Vols and the number five Kentucky Wildcats. Perhaps Kentucky was looking ahead to this week's game or this Saturday's game against Tennessee when they played LSU on Tuesday night. Just a theory, but very maybe very a lot of credibility to that theory. But those are your SEC lineup for basketball games this weekend. Reminder. Well, we'll get to that. Let's let's hear now. Speaking of those number one Tennessee Vols. Let's hear from the head coach, Rick Barnes. He spoke earlier in the week at a press conference. He talks about his number one team and all things Tennessee Vols basketball. Here is Coach Barnes on the Y'all Show. You go back over two games, you know, we allowed some guys to run by us where we didn't put a body on them. Some of them are tough bounces. Some of them are when the ball's getting battered around with three or four guys going to get it. And and depending on who's got the inside position where, the, where he can either catch it or tip it out and uh, – so it's a little bit of all of it, and concentration would go in there too. But, you know, some of them we can fix. There's no doubt about it. And some of them we have to fix because uh, we've given up a number of, you know, offensive rebounds that have turned into three-point shots, which is a great time to get them. They're like daggers, you know, when you get a, have a great defensive stop and they come up with a, with a rebound off the miss and kick out while you're still trying to – scramble to get back or get the ball and they hit those threes those are tough ones and uh but those things are again that's got to be something again that's an area where we know we can get better and we need to get better tennessee volunteers head basketball coach rick barnes earlier than the week at his press conference talking about his team which gets ready to take on the kentucky wildcats on saturday evening at rupp arena in lexington now, in case you don't check out a SEC basketball game this weekend, just like the ACC, we talked about Jonathan in the earlier segments, ACC baseball tips off or has first pitch this week. Well, the SEC baseball goings on begins this weekend as well. First pitch for most teams is Friday. We'll be here with you throughout the whole SEC baseball season to give you all the good stuff there. And I know that LSU is the predicted number one team in the country right now. They're the favorite, at least nationally. Now, the pollsters put, at least the coaches poll, they put Vanderbilt as the team expected to win the SEC from that perspective. So Vanderbilt, LSU, you got the two Mississippi schools that always seem to be good in baseball. Is South Carolina going to find a revival here this year? Georgia did pretty well last year. They made it to the postseason. So SEC baseball, if you love that sport, we'll talk about it now that it begins with a first pitch this weekend. Now to SEC football. Speaking of a team in a town that loves college baseball, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they've got a brand new baseball coach in Chris Lamonis as he comes to Starkville from Indiana, a former Citadel Bulldog baseball star that helped the Citadel and his roommate of that era, Dan McDonald, coach at Louisville now. Those two helped the Citadel go to the 1990 College Baseball World Series in Omaha, the only military school to ever go to Omaha. And Lamonis now coaching at Mississippi State. I've seen Lamonis at some basketball games for MSU now that he's in Starkville. Now, he needs to go to a couple of football games. I'm sure he did back in the football season. But Joe Moorhead is now entering his second season in Starkville as the coach of the MSU Bulldogs. And he had a press conference back last week at signing day. And we're going to let you hear from this guy who I thought did a pretty good job in 2018 coaching MSU to a bowl game and, and did a great job. They failed to win their bowl game, but they are a strong program. And he did a good job recruiting 
Joe Moorhead, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of our SEC Spotlight. You know, looking at this class uh, singularly for who we um, added today and then kind of in its, in its totality, uh, you know, very excited uh, with the, with the um, 22 guys, uh, 11 from Mississippi, 3 from Alabama, uh, 2 from both Florida and Tennessee, and then 1 from Georgia, Louisiana, New Jersey, and North Carolina. Uh, pretty good balance, 11 on offense, 10 on defense, and then 1 specialist. And uh, when you look through, there's always a delicate balance in roster management and uh, recruiting of making sure you're addressing positional needs while at the same time um, recruiting the best available players regardless of position. I think we, we, we did a good job uh, you know, along those lines. Uh, when you look at it, and we'll talk specifically about the guys we added today, but also mention the guys in the first class, you know, starting at quarterback, Garrett Schrader, you know, four-star consensus top 300 player, could have gone to just play about anywhere in the country, a mid-year enrollee, and uh, he's doing a real nice job for us right now. Uh, excited to see him in the spring. Uh, running back position, we were planning to add two, and we did uh, with the departure of Aries and um, D. Lee. Uh, added a uh, junior college uh, prospect today. Coach Moorhead of the Mississippi State Bulldog football team speaking, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs with a good 2018 season. Moorhead's Bulldog football team begins the 2019 season against the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. That game will be played at Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Saturday, August 31st. Kind of an interesting kind of neutral site matchup. Their first game in Starkville will be Saturday, September 7th against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Hail State! Well, that will wrap up this y'all show on this Wednesday. Again, tomorrow we'll be in Nashville for the Country Radio Seminar. Lots of good country music news and information and some performances we hope we can squeeze into. In fact, I'm excited. David Ball, the thinking problem singer, the riding with Private Malone, he's going to be one of our guests. And we've got some other really cool artists that are scheduled to stop by. So tune in for some great conversation and a whole lot of fun as we broadcast from Nashville Thursday and Friday. Until that time, have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore and works when you don't. If you haven't tried this for cold sores, you're missing out. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat cold sores. It really works. I apply it as soon as I have one. Purpose and L also protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold with added SPF 30 protection. I use it in the winter and in the summer to help protect against flare-ups from sun damage. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. 
Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Whoa, let's get crazy. In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in too. Just so you know, in real life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in. Come on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.